Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In Season 1, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Since launching our new free profit tools, the Entree Architect Profit Calculator and the Entree Architect Hourly Billing Rate Calculator, we received tons of thanks and positive feedback, and I love that. And we received several questions about the hows and the whys of what we did. So we developed a three-part video training series to answer those questions and provide some additional financial management training. The series is free and it's called Profit Tools. It's quick, simple to understand, and will help you leverage your new, powerful Entree Architect Profit Tools calculators. You can gain instant access to the video series right now for free at EntreeArchitect.com slash Profit Tools. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. In this episode, I'm going solo. So back in January of 2018, just over a year ago, I shared my plans to design and build a new home with my wife and architect business partner, Anne-Marie McCarthy, and move our family to North Carolina. Then I was back in August to update you on those plans and our struggles with the budget not cooperating with the property values of the neighborhood in which we're building. Well, today I have the latest update on our Carolina plans. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, construction in Carolina. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, Gusto. Gusto is refreshingly easy payroll, benefits, and HR for the modern small business. RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information 
CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at RCAT.com and FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. Okay, so let's roll right into this update on our construction plans in North Carolina. So the last update, I shared the issues we were having with our budget and our neighborhood. Um, it's a beautiful neighborhood. It's the last building lot in the neighborhood. The neighborhood was built in the probably late 80s. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that the lot is probably a nightmare for most developers, uh, but it was great for two architects. It, it slopes from side to side about 20 feet. Um, so it's a big, long slope, uh, you know, so 20 feet rise from, from one side property to the other side property. And the low side is a stream. And so you have this, uh, and it's fully wooded and it's, uh, just over an acre. And so it was beautiful for us, you know, it was exactly what we wanted, but you know, a, a typical developer wants a nice flat piece of property with no, uh, no, uh, terrain and, you know, no trees would be nice and certainly no streams. And so it's the last building lot on the, on the property that no one ever built on. And, um, and so we saw it as a beautiful opportunity for two architects to design a house for their family. You know, we could use that slope and design the house around it and, you know, uh, take advantage of the stream and the trees are beautiful. We were always looking for a property with trees. And so that was perfect for it. And the neighborhood, the neighbors are so friendly and they, they do have a neighborhood association, but the neighborhood association is more like a, a big family over there. And so we were really happy about uh, moving over there. But um, what was happening was that the house that we needed, that we designed, we designed multiple houses. The first house we designed was way over our budget. The second house we designed was within our budget, but it uh, turned out to be too big for the neighborhood because what was happening was that uh, our budget was not aligning with the property values of the neighborhood. So the property values of the neighborhood uh, were about, you know, in the range of about $500,000 worth of properties are worth there. And our house, because we're designing a house for a family of five, uh, and both Anne-Marie and I both work from home, our studios are, are in our house, uh, we need workspace. It's, and so that becomes an issue where you have, uh, you can reduce it only so much before the rooms become too small. The program just doesn't fit within the, the area that would allow us to build a house at the value at the price that would support the neighborhood. So some of you may be thinking, well, why is that important? You know, why don't you just design the house you want and build it? Well, it's, this is not our forever house. This is not the house that we're planning on staying in forever. Uh, we have plans for once the kids leave out, you know, leave for, for school. My last, my daughter, I, my first son, I have two sons and a daughter. My first son is off to college this year. Uh, and Charlotte, my youngest, isn't going to be in college for, you know, close to 10 years. So this is a, you know, this is a 10 year house. Um, no, not 10 years, probably about eight years, but it's still, it's a 10 year house. So once the kids graduate, you know, we're going to sell this house and we don't want to be underwater. We don't want to basically give, um, 
uh, thousands of dollars away. We, we need to focus on this house as an investment. You know, even though it's going to be a home for us, it still needs to be an investment and our return when we sell the house, you know, needs to be there. If we spend twice the value of the homes around us, which is where this is coming in, you know, eight to eight to eight hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars, um, it's just way too much to to build. Um, and so we designed it several times in order to attempt to bring that square foot area down to a place where we need to be. Um, we considered alternative materials, uh, but there's, you know, there's certain standards that we're, that we, that we need to meet, you know, that, um, we're two architects, you know, we both work from home. This is, this, and, and the house that we want to live in, uh, just can't be, you know, a, um, uh, you know, a, a building that, that doesn't meet our standards. So, um, we need the spaces that we need and we need, we need those spaces where we work from home because that's how Emory and I stay partners and that's how we stay married. So we must have separate workspaces. We learned that very early on. And so that's very, very important that we have those spaces. Um, Anne Marie works, uh, you know, we, our roles are split. Anne Marie's role is the design end of things. And my role is the client based and the, uh, construction side and the uh, and the business side, and although we're not planning to move Five Cat Studio, our architecture firm, to Carolina, you know our firm here is uh, client based work focused on additions and alterations. Um, it's it's not really that type of work is difficult where we're going because it's it's lots of development, um, big development, you know, uh, throughout the area that we're moving. And so there's not a lot of additions and alterations happening in the Charlotte area because when people, you know, sort of outgrow their home, they move to a new house because they're building thousands of houses. And so it's easy to do that. And so we see that market as small and complicated uh, in that area. And so um, what our plan is to do is to uh, start doing residential development. And so that's our plan. And we'll get into that in a future episode. Uh, you can stay tuned for details on that. But we do. We need a we need a place where we're going to work from home. So the square foot area we needed, uh, even when absolutely minimized, is just not compatible with the building lot and the values of the homes surrounding it. So the latest update on our plans to design and build a new home for our family, we're not. <laughs> the The building lot is for sale. If you if you know someone. It's a great building lot. It's um, it's just south of Charlotte, North Carolina. It's in the uh, Marvin Ridge School District, which is where we wanted to be, uh, and it's and it is a beautiful building lot. It's great. We we even have a couple of houses designed for it, um, and uh, and so we're very disappointed that we're not moving there. It's something that we love. We love the home that we designed. We love the the lot. We love the neighborhood. Uh, but it's just not going to work for us. So we made that tough decision to not build there. Um, and so what are we going to do? That's the question, right? So what are we going to do? Well, we've committed to moving to North Carolina this summer. That's a given. So we're, we're, all, we're already planning on doing that. Um, we don't have a place to live. And, uh, and so as soon as school lets out this summer, um, I'm recording this in early April, so that means we have about two months before we move. 
Um, so where are we going to live? That's the big question, right? Well, soon after my last update, at the end of last summer, I, I can't believe that it's that it's almost a year already. Time flies for sure. We decided to uh, start looking to buy a house. We knew we, we didn't we no longer had time to build, uh, so we could not look for another building lot. Although we you know we looked for building lots and we looked for building lots for years. You know because we've been considering doing this for years. Um, that building lot that we have is one of the last building lots that are not you know part of large development, and so it's very difficult to find a single buildable building lot in the area that we're looking. So, um, so that was out of the question and we no longer have the time to build a house and move into it. So, so that's not going to happen. Um, so buying a house, that may sound easy, right? So now there's, there's, you know, thousands of new homes being built every year. Um, the big builders are taking over every homestead, every farm, Every large parcel is is being purchased by the big developers. Um, so there are thousands of new homes being built. Every time we visit the area, um, it's, it's literally unrecognizable. You know, I remember going there 10 years ago, and it was all farms. And you can go back to where, uh, where I was, where those farms were 10 years ago. And it is all homes, all homes and retail on every corner. Um, and every corner looks similar to the last corner. So I'm sure many of you live in areas that are being developed just like that. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it is what it is. And so it's developing very, very, very rapidly. Uh, so finding a new home for our family should be easy, right? There's there's thousands of homes being built. Well, no, <laughs> not so much. Like I said earlier, we're both architects and we're moving from a a stucco cottage in the woods of Chappaqua, New York, that was built in 1934 with tons of character and tons of love and all the original detail and the original quality. And it's a, it's a fantastic house. We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors at Entree Architect. Gusto, Arcat, and FreshBooks. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. And old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built for the way that we work today. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for small businesses. They're different. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy for you to get things right. You no longer have to be a big company to get the great technology, those great benefits, and the great service for your team. To help support this show, the Entree Architect Podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. Sign up today, and you'll get three months, three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to EntreeArchitect.com slash Gusto and claim your free three months of payroll processing today. EntreeArchitect.com slash gusto for years when i needed information on manufacturers products i headed straight to google then i sifted through the hundreds of results to find the one or two that might be the link to the product that i'm looking for and more often than not the link was not what i was seeking it was outdated or didn't meet my requirements 
So I went back to the search engine and started all over again. And this could take all afternoon to find the two or three products that I need. Does this sound familiar? I know you've done this. There is a better way. It's called RCAT. RCAT.com. A-R-C-A-T.com. Find what you're looking for in seconds. Building product information, BIM, CAD, and custom specifications using their exclusive tool, SpecWizard. So make RCAT part of your efficient project workflow. Just type in entrearchitect.com slash RCAT in the internet browser and add that to your favorites. Just click that little favorites button, make RCAT your favorites, and then visit RCAT for every project. Make it part of your workflow. Find what you need fast and make more money on every project. EntreeArchitect.com slash RCAT. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash A-R-C-A-T. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. Getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice just seconds after starting their free trial. And the same goes for time tracking, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. It's fast and easy. And if you need help at any time, free award-winning customer service is just a phone call or an email away. And if you ever have second thoughts, don't worry. On top of our free trial here for Entree Architect listeners, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee so you don't ever have to worry about choosing FreshBooks. So give FreshBooks a try. Try it free for 30 days. Just visit EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access your free, unlimited 30-day trial. Gusto, RCAT, and FreshBooks. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. home built by a big builder in a sea of homes that look exactly the same one after another after another it's just not an option for us and i know it's it's plenty fine for many other people but for us and the way we live and our uh principles and the the way we we want to live uh we're just not going to do that so that's not an option right so our pool of available homes just (laughs) shrunk significantly because most of what's available in the area that we're moving uh, is big developer homes, right? So there are very, very few, um, there are very few new homes that are not being built by big developers. And uh, many of the ex- the existing um, ex- existing homes are in the area that we're li- living was very rural. So they were mostly farms and those houses are being taken down by the developers when they buy the big parcels. And so there are not a lot of, you know, um, old homes there either. And there's just no old homes there because it wasn't, and it's not an old area. There are old areas up in the city of Charlotte and in other areas, but not where we're, where we're moving. Um, and so the pool of homes, the available homes is, is small, right? In the area that we're looking. Then come the schools, right? We've done our research and we've narrowed down our options to three school districts in the area of North Carolina and South Carolina. There's a district in South Carolina that's, that's, that's good. And in the area that we're moving, 
there's three districts that we are moving that we are, that we would we would move to. Um, and that's because we're moving from Chappaqua, Newcastle, New York, and the Chappaqua school districts are literally one of the top 10 school districts in the, the United States where my kids go now. And so to pull my kids out of those schools um, and bring them to a school that's, that's um, and I'm not saying that it needs to meet the same standards, but um, I, I want to make sure my kids are in, in the best schools they can be in. And so we picked three. So now that pool just got even more, you know, reduced. So our search even uh, just got even more difficult. It's even more difficult now. So the areas outside these three school districts are out and the demand inside these districts are very high, right? So what is available goes very, very quickly. So for months we searched, we became Ninja Zillow operators fine-tuning these search filters to find the one or two results that may fit our criteria, right? And we worked with the best real estate, real estate agent in North Carolina. At least that's our opinion. Her name is Lisa Smith. If you're ever looking to buy a home in the Charlotte region, call Lisa. She is the best, in my opinion. Um, she did a great job for us uh, and continues to do a great job for us. My brother, Craig... Craig LePage is co-owner of LePage Johnson Realty Group, one of the largest realtors in the Lake Norman region, which is north of Charlotte, about an hour north of where we're moving. Um, And Lisa is a realtor with Craig's group, and she is the best. So for months, we searched. We searched high and low, and we took several trips down south to North Carolina from New York to house hunt. You know, every school break landed us another opportunity to walk through more homes but nothing within our budget would work. So it's frustrating, you know, as two architects looking for a home for our family, moving from a house that we've been in for 20 years um, in, a, in a place that we love. You know, we love where we live. And so it's difficult, you know. And then uh, with our time running out, one night, while scrolling through the 90 email notifications uh, from Zillow, Anne-Marie found a possibility. And if it, it had the right schools in the right neighborhood and it had a decent price, you know, it was within our budget and it had in the, in the ad, in the Zillow ad, it had the words motivated seller. Wow. You know what that means? That's a good thing to see as a buyer is to see motivated seller in a house that's in the right school district with the right neighborhood, with the right price. And so we were interested. There was only one problem. The house is pitifully ugly. It is a rambling hip roofed ranch covered in blue gray stucco with fake stucco arches installed over each casement window. So imagine that big, long rambling hip roof. I'm sure you see it in your mind. Yes. That's the house. It's everything we never wanted. It has no character. It has no design. The proportions are wrong. And, ugh, fake stucco. It is just horrible. But the price was right, and the neighborhood carries enough value that we saw the possibilities in this house. So we placed an offer. 
and it's a short sale. That's where the the motivated buy, uh, seller comes from. It's a short sale, and it was complicated. And I'm not going to go into the details of the short sale or why it was complicated, but let's just say that the seller didn't really want to sell. And due to some odd loophole in the North Carolina real estate law, he was also the seller's agent and our conduit to the bank requiring the short sale. Right? So think about that. He was the seller and the seller's agent, and he was our conduit to the bank. We could not speak to the bank directly. We could only speak to our agent who can speak to the seller's agent, who is the seller, who then speaks to the bank who's requiring the short sale uh, for the person who doesn't want to sell it, who's selling it, who's representing himself. So it's complicated, right? So every offer, every negotiation had to be approved by the bank because it's a short sale, and he had control over that line of communication. And after the home inspection revealed over $100,000 worth of required remediations and repairs because the house sat vacant for uh, over a year and had some major issues that that we didn't initially see, um, the negotiations with the bank through the seller slash seller's agent who didn't really want to sell, the negotiations got even more complicated. So after a few months back and forth and two separate purchase contracts, we actually had a first purchase contract that was uh, accepted. And um, then we found out about the issues with the remediations and the repairs. And so that time ran out because they basically just delayed until the closing time came out and we had to remove, you know, we had to um, uh, pull back and whatever you call it. You had, we had to lose that first offer and that purchase contract that was signed by the seller but not yet approved by the bank. Um, and so we had two purchase contracts. We had a second purchase contract that we had to, to go through. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Anne Marie's and Lisa's determination to get this house, uh, we wouldn't, would not have gotten it, but we did. And we closed. And now we are the proud owners of this ugly house <laughs> in North Carolina. And the price we paid will give us the ability to fix the ugly, which is why we were interested in it, right? Why not? Two architects, we have the ability to do this. We're calling it an intervention. Calling it an intervention. We're going to rescue this poor house. We're going to strip the stucco, dismantle the wrongly proportioned porch, replace the casements with new double hungs, and make this pathetic, neglected house our home. And we're excited. We're very excited about it. And the renovations are... Uh, starting soon. So we're here in April. We're already starting to talk about contractors. Again, we're still moving in June. So we have lots of work to do before we move. And obviously we're going to be living in it or, or, or around it while it's being worked on. Um, not to mention the work that we have to do here in Chappaqua in order to sell and move out of this house, right? So there's tons of things going on. A house that we've loved and lived in for more than 20 years. It's a bit overwhelming, I can tell you. Um, and it's very emotional. It's very emotional. And a house that you live in for 20 years and your family has grown up with it and in it and among it um, and the neighbors and the neighborhood and the schools and your friends, it's a little overwhelming and a little bit emotional. But we're very, very excited about the next chapters in our life. So yes, there is construction in Carolina. So the, ti- the title is not lying. Uh, it's just not new. It's a rescue. So stay tuned. I'll keep you posted. I'll uh, as we move along with our project here, um, 
in Carolina for this major renovation on this pathetically ugly house uh, and our intervention. I'll keep you posted. So if you want to follow our progress on Walden Pond, that's the name of the house. It's actually, that's the name of the neighborhood, but we're calling the house Walden Pond as well. So if you want to follow our progress on Walden Pond, follow me on my personal Instagram at Mark R. LePage. Mark R. LePage. Uh, not the Entree Architect Instagram. There's one there of those two. You should follow that as well at uh, Entree Architect. Uh, but that's for Entree Architect. And so I am going to follow progress on this. I'm going to share progress on Instagram. And if you want to, I'm considering also doing some video on my personal YouTube channel. Um, you can search for 5cat1. So it's youtube.com slash user slash 5cat1. I don't have enough uh, viewers yet or subscribers or whatever they call it to, to have a domain that works. Uh, but you can follow me there as well. There's a, there's a few videos on there for miscellaneous things that I've done over the years. It's ne- it, I really have never developed the YouTube channel. But it is something I want to do, and I may experiment with YouTube with this project on my personal channel. And then as we, uh, as we get good at that, then maybe we'll expand the Entree Architect channel, which does exist as well. Um, so you can search for Entree Architect. It's there as well. I think there's only one video on the Entree Architect YouTube channel. But if we get good at it with this house and the progress, so I'll you know, maybe do some vlogging and show you the progress that we do. Um, uh, you know, Maybe we'll launch a, an Entree Architect YouTube channel as well. If you want to share this episode with a friend, this is episode 265, 265. So it's EntreeArchitect.com slash episode 265. If you're new to this podcast, this episode is not a typical episode. Any other week, you'll hear me speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. So yeah, this is not typical. Typically, I interview some expert or passionate person who literally wants to share their knowledge with our community. And so I do that every week, and I love doing it, and I love uh, uh, sharing my knowledge and sharing others' knowledge so this profession can get better and you can build a better business. So... You can also subscribe to the show at EntreeArchitect.com slash iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. We will be there. Uh, Before you get back to your day, head over to EntreeArchitect.com slash Profit Tools and register for instant access to our brand new three-part video training series. You will love it. EntreeArchitect.com slash Profit Tools. Three short videos that may change the way you run your architecture firm. And it's free. You can download it right now at EntreeArchitect.com slash Profit Tools. EntreeArchitect.com slash Profit Tools. If you are an entrepreneur architect who runs and owns your own small firm, then you are an Entree Architect. And I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging. 
the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.